Impractical Jokers. It's on every barbershop I ever go into. Impractical Jokers <laughs> is always on at the salon. Yeah. Excited to start off our Monday right with comedian, friend, rising star, Addie Herman. Addie, how are you, man? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Glad to have you here. We met out at the Dubliner on Brooke show, and I know you had a big show Saturday night that had a Halloween theme. What do you think about themed holiday shows doing those types of things? Is it weird? Is it fun? Do you like it? It was my first time doing it, so there was a bit of a learning curve on there. Comedy's hard enough when you're not dressed like a fool. <laughs> That's right. But I like it. I'm a very seasonal, festive kind of person, despite common views. <laughs> I, I really do enjoy the holidays, so it was a good time. And you're not from here originally. Is it Arizona? Yeah, I was born and raised in Arizona. After Arizona, I moved to Little Rock, Arkansas, spent about 10 years there. But yeah, I just moved to Omaha this year, and I like it. It's a lot different than any place I've ever lived, but I do like it. I like the people. I think they're very kind-hearted, honest people, and yeah, I'm looking forward to this winter everybody's been talking about. So why Omaha? How did you end up here from there? I had looked at Omaha a year ago, this month actually, because I was looking to transfer through a company I was working for at the time, and... I wanted to come to a city that was bigger than Little Rock, but not too big, with a bigger comedy scene, and I decided on Omaha. And so when you're reviewing the comedy scene from afar, is it just obviously social media and that type of thing, checking on things, or was there like a word of mouth element, or how do you familiarize yourself with a scene when you're not in that scene? What I did was I came down in October of last year, actually, for about three or four days with my roommate. And we checked the place out. During that time, I was able to hit three open mics in a row, which wasn't something I was used to in Little Rock. And we really fell in love with the scene very quickly. Yeah. And obviously, even just through the mics, you met other comics. Did you have shows lined up as soon as you got here? Or how long did it take you to get feeling comfortable and getting going? It was as soon as I got here, I started hitting the mics up. And then it was probably a week or two before I got put on my first actual show which was, it was at the Zipline Brewery yeah, by Colton Rakowski. He was the one that put me on that one, my first one here. So it was very quick before I started getting put on showcases and stuff, which was why I came here for that kind of opportunity. Yeah, and what's the Little Rock scene is, would you call it like a lot smaller, a lot different, or is it somewhat comparable, or you don't really hear about um, it much, but college town. Yeah. Yeah, the scene, it's a smaller scene. There's less opportunity to get up. So a lot of the scene is just bar shows that I have personal friends who are facilitating those. And a big part of the comedy scene is just a few open micers that have started their own thing and, and that are allowing other guys to get up on stage. So I think there's a lot more infrastructure here and established rooms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're a great joke writer, and I would say craftsman, and I know you also host a show on Sunday nights. 
what do you enjoy per- do. performing your set more or do you like hosting more it's i know it's just different things i've done both too but which yeah. do you enjoy most i honestly i think hosting is the hardest job in comedy yes as Special much as skill. i yeah oh and it's not for a newbie it's for someone who's established themselves as a stand-up because yeah it's your responsibility to take that room from being an awkward silence into a comedy room yeah so obviously i would i'd rather just be able to go up do five minutes and then go smoke a cigarette <laughs> but hosting does allow you to become better for sure. When I went out to L.A., I couldn't get on at the store doing my act, but they would let me host because they didn't have other people who'd want to do it. So I was like, I'm there, you know, and that sort of got me in the door at, at a couple places, the improv, too. But it is a special skill. Where's your show at Sunday night if people want to check it out and when and what time? OK, so it is at Emmett's Tavern, 2514 Leavenworth in downtown Omaha. It starts at 730 Sign up for comics starts at seven. I guarantee spots the first 10 comics. It's unique in the way that it's the only mic that I've ever heard of that allows comedians to do multiple sets. We do two minute sets and at least two of those. And the last set involves an interview with me, which has been very popular. Yeah, I love the multifaceted shows and things with a little variety as just opposed to the kind of assembly line five, 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 five. And yeah, that's awesome. When you first got to Omaha, were you inspired from a material and a writing standpoint with the new environment and the new because you other than that, you really had no connection here, no family no nothing. So you really came in other than knowing the comedy scene and I'm sure researching and watching YouTube videos and such. But when you got here, what did you find funny? What struck you as a comedian about the environment here? Certainly all the tattoos. Uh, people <laughs> here. Yeah. A lot of angle tats. Yes. And a lot of shirtless guys. I've seen more shirtless guys this summer than I have in the last 29 years of my life. <laughs> and it won't slow down as much as you would think in the winter is the really crazy thing. <laughs> There's always some guy yeah. up at 20 degrees. He's got shorts, no shirt, just backpack, just walking, tats. Sure. Punisher tattoos, multiple. (laughs) That is this dude. Do you go out to Funplex and you go, I thought this was a Christian city. And you see the tattoos. You're like, this is uh, something. It's why. And and everyone's shirtless there. But disappointingly few shirtless women. That's just me, though. That's just my opinion. I thought equal opportunity. I want equality. What about just the driving around? What did you make of the city? What did you find funny outside of, obviously, the tattoos, which is hysterical? I think it's funny that there's all these CBD shops around claiming, yeah, because they make it look like it's medical marijuana, but it's not. And I'm wondering, are they getting it ready for when medical marijuana comes around? Or is it just pulling the wools over the citizens' eyes? I don't know. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. I'm not even exactly sure, <laughs> yeah. but I've wondered that myself. Yeah. There are so many. There's different, like, CBD for dogs now. I'm like, well, what? <laughs> that's I didn't know, but I'm curious. Yeah. yeah, that's why you hopefully see happier dogs here than you do in Little Rock or... Yeah. What concerns you about the winter, other than just the dangerously low temps at times? Are you somewhat Um, excited about it? Oh, sure. I love the snow. I love cold weather. 
I have a nice layer of insulation on me, so I'm not scared <laughs> of that. I thought it was muscle. Let's call it muscle. It's that's why you're such a good host. You know? <laughs> yeah, I try and find the best in everybody. I think one positive, honestly, to the cold winter here is it does somewhat force creativity. There were times out in L.A. where I thought, oh, man, like it's February and I'm at the beach. This is amazing. But if I was back in Omaha, I'd have to be writing a script or something because it's 15 degrees out and super cold. And I think people still will go out. And that's the nice thing to shows. It's not like it's maybe in a little rock where, oh my God, it's so cold. No one's leaving the house. Like people still will go out and and go to stuff here. Yeah. People in little rock seem to prefer the hot weather over the cold. You'll see a lot of them out on the hottest days. Yeah. And so as you look ahead into the future, what's your plans or hopes or down the line, what's your ideal scenario? That's actually a very appropriate question. I just got in three cameras with tripods and a audio recorder, and I am currently in the process of figuring out how to record and film my Sunday night show, Quick Draw, and turn it into a podcast format. Yeah, that's so a that's good idea. that's what's on my plate as we speak. That's a good idea, and I know a little bit I'm not doing video just because I know that extra challenges that entails, but certainly a lot of possibility there. That's cool. What's been your most memorable moment from hosting the show, or what do you look back of it and go, man, that was a killer show, or a disastrous show, or both? (laughs) Yeah, both have been very prominent. (laughs) It's been, I think getting the interviews going, that has really lit the comics up. Yeah, because uh, everybody likes to talk about themselves. We all do. And so I think that has really led to some very organic moments where comedians who may struggle to write jokes on stage, they're able to get laughs in conversation, which can help them with their writing. Yeah, the audience really loves that too, like when they're seeing a different side of the comedian within the same show, because maybe if they're comedy fans, they've seen these people do their act all over, but they've never actually really heard a lot about the real person. Yes. And how much preparation do you do for the interview portion? Or is it that you're not really sweating it, or are you trying to go somewhat deep, or how do you prepare for it? I guess it all depends. I'm still very new to being an interviewer. So that's something that I am developing on my own. And I don't know, for the most part, the people I'm talking to, I know them. I know their names. I know a little bit about them. So it does allow me to get a little deeper with them and ask stuff, yeah, that really doesn't come up in comedy. And then you find out a lot of things. Somebody will mention something and then it takes it in a whole different direction. When you see Omaha just flaunting the Halloween decorations, did you notice that in other places you've lived, or are we turning it up to 11? I was just driving through a neighborhood. I still get lost here constantly. Yeah. But I was driving through a neighborhood, and it was the wildest thing I'd ever seen. They had, like, witches flying through the air and stuff on brooms. It was like a coven of them. And (laughs) so that house probably holds the standard for the most wild Halloween decorations I've ever seen. You drove by my house. That was my witch's coven. I spent hours and $1,000. I have a problem. It's a sickness. but <laughs> Yeah, it's a real addiction you seem to have. Yeah. Uh, so are, do you have a jack-o'-lantern out? I know you said you enjoy the holidays, but do you do anything? Uh, no, I live in an apartment. 
I'm probably going to get some candy and just hope no kids come by so I can eat it all. I was going to say, you're not going to go out trick-or-treating or something. I... <laughs> no, if I go trick-or-treating, they call that a home invasion. <laughs> How long, late in age is too old to be trick-or-treating? I stopped at 40. <laughs> you're not going to like my answer then, Tony. I ended early. I've honestly felt like I was too old, but probably younger than most. I was like, I'm past this now. And the dressing up, it was taking too much time. I think once you start finding yourself attracted to people, you should stop trick-or-treating. <laughs> Whenever you're like, oh, yes. I think innocence is lost at that point. I know, but then you see the kids going around and it does seem like they're older and older and they're obviously up to no good and... I just hide out. I shut the lights off. I hide in the bedroom. I do that every night of the year, but Halloween, I also do that. And it's been a minute since I've actually handed out candy. I'm still like, it seems a little weird as I'm giving candy to children, but they're coming to the door. It really is the only time it's appropriate to give candy to children. Yes. Addie Herman, wonderful rising star comedian, newer on the scene, but established. Check him out on Sunday night at his show. As I said, we'll link to it on the newsletter. Addie, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it and your perspective. Really enjoyed it. Thank you.